Craft Beer Radio 202 on January 21st, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Last time we did yellow, today we're doing brown. Belgian time, well, plus one extra. And Jeff is kind of peering at something. He's not sure whether to go or not go. Oh, no. Was, um, in the pre-show, we just announced that Joe Paterno died. And yeah. this is a very unsure moment, you know, with the internet and the Facebook rumors. And Heather now is me and I am saying is she thinks it's a hoax. So we shall see. I see at least one site on Google News saying Joe's dead, but um, others that say he's in serious conditions. So this will be a developing situation on yes. Craft Beer Radio. Ooh, developing, developing. <laughs> okay, so we have a bunch of different brown Belgians. Yeah, and then we got yeah a little bonus beer at the end. But but let's do the uh, the brown ones. Which one? And would you like three to do of them first? are are from out of the country. So let's go with the American first, and then we'll do right. the ones out of the country. So this is from North Coast Brewing. Uh, in uh, good old California. This is Brother Thelonious. It is a dark, strong ale, they call it. 9.3% alcohol by volume. Uh, 32 IBUs and stuff. Brother Thelonious, because who brews Belgian beers? Abbey beers in particular. Monks. Exactly. And Thelonious is a uh, Thelonious Monk. Thelonious Monk. A jazz uh, yes. singer, player. Um, that probably is why it is a Belgian beer. Um, but yeah, it's a tribute to Thelonious Monk, and it's a uh, Belgian double or a strong dark ale. Oh, you know, we got a great email. Yes, yes, we did. I just pulled it up, actually. We got a feedback from... Eric. Eric. Oh, I got his Eric. Oh, we had a com- conversation last time about the body of a certain beer. Right. And, and whether uh, candy sugar had any... Whether the candy sugar added body or not. And uh, Eric here says that... Says the little secret no one likes to talk about with alcohol is that until it gets out of balance, your tongue perceives it as a sweetness. Just like the unfermentable sugars add a tremendous amount to the perception of body, so does alcohol. Even if candy sugar leaves no impact other than the alcohol, it can still increase the perception of body. In fact, the additional alcohol you get from sugar may seem like the beer has more body than you would expect, given the malt flavor, so it has a larger impact on triple than in other styles. Thank you, Eric. That is a very interesting and Yeah, I was thinking about a little bit this afternoon, and I'm kind of back and forth, and right now I'm kind of agreeing with them, because I was thinking... Alcohol has a thinner gravity than water, so how does it give body? But if you compare X units of alcohol from barley versus X alcohol units of alcohol from candy sugar, the the one from the candy sugar is going to have less body than the one from barley, right? Because there's extra stuff there. But if you're not talking about the same amount of units, you're talking about varying amounts of units where there might be more from candy sugar, it could... Equal, but he's not talking about someone's unit. He's talking about just about the way that alcohol. Well, right, what I'm saying, but help me understand. I'm trying to trying to describe how it helped me explain it to myself. Okay, because I was confused when I first read it. Because how can alcohol give you the same impression as unfermentable sugars when it has a lower specific gravity than the solution with the because i don't think your tongue detects specific gravity so much as it just detects sort of sweetness and and uses that as a as a as a bearing for how well it feels i mean it's not it's not a calibrated scientific tool well it is to a certain extent right because it's a chemical detector but it's not calibrated in the way that we would calibrate a specific gravity detector it's more just about detecting different chemicals right so i mean the way the way i helped reconcile it in my head was imagine you're drinking two test samples one is five percent alcohol from barley malt and one is five percent alcohol from candy sugar right Right. the candy sugar one's going to taste thinner right but we're not actually talking about equal to equal when we were discussing it last week we're just talking about a general impression and if there's more alcohol from candy sugar would have the same impression as something with less alcohol from barley malt because it'd be barley malt, you know, barley alcohol plus non-fermentable. You know, it would be a good way to test it. And I think that, I think I can say that from, from what I remember of drinking 
this bears out is you you take vodka. Vodka is just alcohol and water, essentially. There are other things in there. But when it boils down to it, what it really is is alcohol and water. And the Mendeleev is 80 proof, 40% alcohol. But there are some other vodkas that are less alcohol. And you can see whether they taste thicker or not Mm -hmm. based on how much more alcohol there is. And it would just be alcohol and water. Right. No, I agree. So let's talk about this Brother Thelonious before it gets uh, going too much. It's got some faint dark fruit aroma on it, but a lot of big malty, big bready malt and uh, some some pepperiness from a pretty high alcohol at 9.4. There's some spicy pepperiness there. It's um, it's interesting because it's not... I'm trying to figure out something that describes it because it isn't like... Anything I'm thinking of, it's not like black pepper. It's not like grains of paradise. It's not like white pepper. It, it, it. it hmm. I would say nutmeggy, with a, with a bit of a um, a bit of a cayenne hit. Okay, sure, a little cayenne, and then I'm thinking where it gets into fruity. I'm thinking of um, really, really ripe pears with a little bit of. Prune or prune date raisin, or something. something, something dried sugar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not just prune. Yeah, yeah. Prunes with some pears. You know, that kind of blend those two together. Even like a caramel apple might work for this, because that's a lot of what I'm getting. From the okay. taste is a, you know, a caramel apple with um, plum. Okay. Extra plum, right? Uh, almost, you know, almost plum sauce kind of plum. You know, okay. so like really deep, right? So first sip, really carbonated, really lively on the tongue, zinged, really clean up the palate fast. I'm going to work some carbonation up because with all that zinging going around in my mouth, I wasn't able to really dig into the flavor so much. But it was quite uh, an effervescent uh, first sip. We are drinking these beers out of uh, these uh, Maudit uh, tulip glasses. Yeah, they're they're almost snifters, but they curve out a little bit. One of my favorite glasses. They have a huge bowl. They collect tons of aroma. They have a line on the back. Which yeah, I had a feeling we would, be, we would be doing Belgians. That's why I picked these out. It, uh, it indicates um, one-third of a liter on the back, and there's still almost two inches of glass space above that. So they really give you a lot of room to collect aroma in this glass. And again, we, you know, in case you're wondering, we share a bottle, basically. So mm-hmm. uh, for every beer we get, we almost always share a bottle. And even like for bombers, we only we only pour about the same amount that we do for a regular 12-ounce bottle. Yeah, especially when we're doing big beers. You know, we don't like... Uh, you guys probably enjoy it until we get sloppy, but we don't like getting too out of control on the show. <laughs> 9.4% alcohol by volume for Brother Thelonious from North Coast Brewing, Fort Bragg, California. Greg and I went to a North Coast beer dinner this summer. Yes. We didn't get to have the Brother Thelonious at it, I don't think. No. But what I can remember most from that is that, that ceviche. wonderful ceviche. <laughs> yeah. Ceviche. Oh, yeah. I don't, remember, I don't even remember what beer was paired with it. I just remember the uh, ceviche. It's probably Scrimshaw. Their Pilsner, I would think. Something... Yeah. The only thing with the the ceviche was good, and the only problem with it, and it was really a logistical thing, is he needed to slice the fish a lot thinner. Yeah, it was thick. And, you know, it just would have taken a lot more work to slice it thinner, but, you know, it would have been amazing if it was nice thin slices. But since I love, like, you know, sashimi, I love fresh Mm -hmm. fish, it was was great for me anyway. Yeah. It was just a little little tough at points, a little chewy, because if it was sliced nice and thin, it would have been a lot more... The acid would have really cooked all the way through. Yeah, and it would have been a little more tender, where it was a little tough at parts. But other than that, it's good. And then some people didn't want to eat raw fish. So, so we got more. Yeah. I even tried to, you know, tell him it's cooked. It's cooked with acid. Mm-hmm. Well, like we said, it wasn't all cooked, because in the middle it was yeah. it was raw. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> it was really fresh. Anyway, back to the beer. It is, um... There's a lot more fruitiness than, like, grain, malty, breadiness in this. I'm getting, you know, a lot more of the... The yeast really put a huge character in this beer. Cause yeah. It's, um, 
if I was saying, you know, which one is more noticeable, all the caramel, bready, toastiness from the malt, or all of the dried fruits from the, the you know, fermentation character in the yeast, I would have to say dried fruits are at least one th- or you know a little bit ahead. Yeah, it's know. a it's got a bunch of big the, the, these these big bold esters that you mm-hmm. get from these uh, from the strong darks and but but without going without going particularly overboard, it's a nice strain of yeast they got there because it doesn't go super sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't go way into astringent. It stays relatively you know in in this sort of dark. Plummy pear mm-hmm. apple area. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably use some of the dark candy sugar as fermentation in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has that character of one of those, oh, should I call it? Like almost one of the, maybe this is a good term, maybe it's a bad term. I was going to call it a fortified or fortification, right? Because when you have a fortified wine, they add additional sugars to increase it, sure. right? So I'm wondering if it would be a good CBR term to talk about beers that add candy sugar or other fermentables, to call them fortified, or if that would be inaccurate. I mean, it's definitely an adjunct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I I think it makes sense. You know, it's it's not distillation. It's you're adding sugar to mm-hmm. add to the alcohol. Right. I think fortification. I, I like it. I think it works well. Nice. New term is born. Very nice. That was Brother Thelonious from North Coast Brewing. Now, we can get this around here, right? So they are pretty wide. They're they're pretty widely distributed. Um, At least from our perception, you should be able to get this. But there might be huge parts of the country they don't go to. It's true. There might be swaths that we can. And if you go way back to like episode 12, Jeff would find the actual states where this was in. Oh, that took a lot of work. That's before I had kids. Yeah. Uh, whichever one you want. Let's do the uh, pink elephant. All right, delirium nocturnum. Nocturnum. Now, so delirium tremens is actual condition where you shake a lot. Your body mm-hmm. shakes, uh, but they named a beer after it, and uh, a company, a brewery. So now they have other brews. This one is from the Hugue Brewery in Belgium, and this one is their Nocturnum. So it is 8.5% alcohol by volume. It's got stuff in it. And things. And things. I don't see much in the way of information about what is inside of it. Although there's a video here, so they may explain on the video. You can go to their website. It's on our page. Or This is a smaller bottle. This is... Uh, 330. 11.2 fluid ounces, or yes, 330 centili- or milliliters. Centiliters, Cent- that'd be. Centiliters, yeah, centiliters. No, it's milliliters. Milliliters, right, right. right. <laughs> it it's 33, much bigger 33 bottle. centiliters. That, that, that. 330 centiliters would be a much that bigger Easy bottle. math. Is hard. It's it's a these the the delirium uh, bottles are interesting because they they're these white bespeckled bottles basically. Yeah, they're sprayed with like us. They look like ceramic bottles, but they're not. They're sprayed with this enamel layer. Is what it is. It keeps the light out. Um, I don't think it's translucent. No, it's pitch black in there. So. It's nice for that, but it's... It, They're not really hoppy beers in general. Well, they so don't not, do it for yeah. the light protection. They do it for the marketing. Yes. There's a pink elephant on the label. True. So not as... It, the the, uh, the aroma is not as expressive as the Brother Thelonious, but it's still nice and strong. It's got a lot of brown sugar, right? A lot of uh, molasses. Yeah, this one's a lot more malty, a lot less fruity. Uh, yeah, molasses... Uh, I wouldn't say it's not. It's less. I wouldn't say it's much less expressive. I, I would say it's just different. And I am intrigued and excited by the aroma I'm smelling. I, I you know, I've had some delirium tremens, delirium tremens, and I've had some nocturnum. And I remember in the past, you know, not being too excited by the beer, but from what I smell right now, I'm, I'm definitely uh, my uh, 
palate is perking up. Your taste buds are intrigued. Yeah, brown sugar, touch of molasses in there. It's a lot more malty in the aroma. Than the color is a really darkish red. Right? I mean, it's 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 close to brown, but it's it's yeah, it's dark, but it's very clear. If you hold yeah. it up to the light, you can you can definitely see through it. But it's a dark beer, and it's got big bubbles in the head. The mixture of very big bubbles and very small ones. It's really quite different than the Brother Thelonious. It's got... Because instead of having that big, dark, fruity character, it almost has a kind of... Wow. A, a, a sweet, caramelly character with with a... It's kind of a candyish mm-hmm. character, right? It, it like cotton candy. Um, I guess a little bit of that. Yeah, the uh, toffee. What little little mocha character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what came first. My my uh, realization of I was thinking of like it's one of those like hard candy things or something, and I'm like, there's that that one's kind of a mocha candy, you know? And I was thinking that, and I'm not sure if my brain pulled it out a millisecond before or after you said mocha, but it was like... I'll go with it. <laughs> I believe we can think of it at the same time. Mm. It's, I think I think it's a, it's a really interesting and fun comparison, mm-hmm. these last two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very different. The alcohol is roughly the same. It's about 1% less. Very different formulation. Still very good. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, you know, very, uh, very. I'll I'm say tra- it again: expressive flavor coming out of this. Yeah, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to. We talked so much about the character the yeast gave the last beer, so I'm I'm, I'm exploring what character the yeast gives this beer. It, it's a much more cleaner fermentation. It's mm-hmm. not that as crazy Belgian, even though this is the Belgian brewery. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm sure it's giving us something. So that's what I'm looking for now. Maybe just a little pepperiness. See, I'm wondering if this is actually... Sometimes we talk about how beers, they lose... They, they kind of... They, they, they lose a bit of, of, of momentum and they lose a bit of, of us because they're following a really great beer. So mm-hmm. we have... I think this beer may benefit from having followed the Brother of Thelonious in the sense that the Brother of Thelonious gave us this big, deep... Uh, dark fruits, and this is giving us more of a toffee, candy-ish, like I said, mocha mm-hmm. thing. And it, 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 the contrast is really helping the beer, whereas if we had this first, it may not have hit us right. Right. Yeah, because I remember having these beers in the past, they didn't seem so deep. They were the kind of shallow beers. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of complexity and flavor on this, so I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm enjoying it so much tonight. And uh, it really makes me more likely to try the Delirium beers again in the future because uh, it's definitely improved my opinion on the, of them. But do you think flight had anything to do with it? Do you think that having the Thelonious I, I think, first... I think it probably did. It's hard to say. The The Thelonious first couple sips had that... When I get those candy sugar beers and whatnot, I, I, you know, there's that certain chalkiness that comes through. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes I drink a beer and just like, oh, it's just dry, chalky, don't really dig it. And... I was expecting more of that from this beer, but I'm not getting it right. So maybe right. it kind of tempered my my uh, threshold on that that those, those flavors, and uh, yeah. I'm able to get into the, into the beer more than I would have otherwise. Yeah, exactly. I think the deepness of the Thelonious helped with the not quite deep, so deep mm-hmm. of the Nocturnum. So it gave it it, it opened up. Yeah, kind of open up the pores in a sense, mm-hmm. and let some of the little, the smaller complexities of the nocturnum come through. Yeah, and and maybe maybe it let us explore since the 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 Thelonious didn't have very much of that malt character. Maybe because that was contrasting, it stood mm-hmm. out even more than it would have if we drank it first. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, it's an interesting case where. Flight really helps. So we're going to do the course and knock next because we, we did the West Mall on the 200th show. Okay. And we're just going to redo it again. And uh, I won't um, discuss a beer we haven't tasted tonight, but I want to do the, the course and knock next. Corson Donk. The Abbey Brown. 
It is uh, their Dubul or Patter. Uh, their website does not have much information, but it does have music. So you can go to the website and listen to... Uh, have we secured the rights to play any of that music? Listen to this. I think we can use it as um, you know fair use, because we're criticizing it. Oh, we can criticize it. <laughs> Website and flash music, I'll criticize it all day long. Uh, it's 7.5% alcohol by volume, according to Beer Advocate, because like I said, the website does not give you any information on it, so what are you going to do? Uh, it is another uh, 11.2 fluid ounces or 330 milliliter bottle. Stick your nose in the glass before it uh, airs out too Brewery much. du Bock. That's different. It's kind of woody, isn't it? My my first whiff was something a little funky, a little uh, sulfury. Yeah, it, it went away fast. I was I wanted you to try to take a whiff before it might have gone away. No, I, I I smell a little bit of that, but I I figured that I would be able to smell past it, and I was mm-hmm. able to. And it's 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 yeah, it's woody. It's almost kind of mushroomy it, it in a sense. Might, so there's a little bit of a of a fungal. So these beers shouldn't have had too much light problem because these are all beers from Beer Club at work. So they were all bought by the full case. Uh, so it's not like they were sitting on a you know a, on a singles rack or anything like right. that. Uh, maybe that sulfury was. It might have been a little light struck. It might have been a little DMS. Um, but you know, I think it's gone now after I've you know rotated the beer a little bit. There have been situations where we poured a beer. Well, you know what? And- I'm, I'm smelling it again. I mean, it, it is coming back. Once I took a little break. I went back to it, and it's a little sewer drainy. It's a little hmm. kind of yucky funk. I don't aroma. really smell it. Like- it. It's minor. It's not going to kill the beer, but when I came back after you know sniffing it for thirty seconds, it it's all kind of the same, don't they? We're trading off glasses just to see. Yeah. I don't smell sewer. I mean, the very first thing I smell was, like you said, a little bit of sulfury. Sometimes we've had that where beers mm-hmm. have a little bit of sulfur character, then it goes away. It quickly airs out. Yeah. This one, not so much sulfury as much as just kind of um, kind of mineral watery almost. There's there's a like a mineral well water sort of mm. aroma to it. There's it's not. It doesn't have the dark. Iron, like, like a yeah, yeah, like, an iron, like, like a little, little, little metallic, yeah, a little bloody or something. Iron's not good to have in beer. <laughs> no, no, not, not so much. Even the beer named Monk's Blood doesn't have that kind of flavor. <laughs> iron City. <laughs> no, it doesn't have that flavor either. That's just all corn. All right, I'm going to go into the flavor and and. Uh, By the way, this is um, it has they have a best by date, uh, February second, twenty fourteen, at ten fifty two p.m. or a.m. I'm not sure. <laughs> they actually have a time. That's awesome. A time at exact time when it goes bad. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy two Corson Donks with very similar Best Buy dates. And right. we'll, have to, we'll have to schedule a show right for when it expires. Well, what question is, what time zone is that? Probably Belgium. Oh, that's that's the question. Mm-hmm. Might have to get a whole case and we'll have to taste it at every time zone. <laughs> two cases. Uh, this is imported by Phoenix in Baltimore, Maryland. So, relatively easy to get here. Mm-hmm. I think Corson Donks probably has a wide distribution yeah. across country. I'm not smelling too much grossness anymore, so don't let that, uh, like I said, it was small to begin with, and now I'm not really smelling it. The The taste is is kind of reminiscent of oatmeal I made today for breakfast, which I had some brown sugar mm-hmm. in it, Okay, and, uh, you know, made with milk and just uh, regular rolled oats, not instant, regular rolled oats, mm-hmm. and... It's got kind of very straightforward, sweet flavor without a whole bunch of complexity, but n- nothing offensive. Yeah, I'm not getting anything that's too oaty or slicky. 
you know, slick, that slick flavor that we get in an oated beer. Uh, yeah, it's your it's your typical Belgian double. It's it's more subdued than the last two we had. Mm-hmm. So let's try not to criticize it because it's not as right, yeah. you know flavorful. So I'm thinking this is this is a food beer because the other ones had distinct qualities that are very interesting to taste, and this mm-hmm. one is more like this is a, needs a companion um, to to give it some extra stuff. It, it would, I think would work better with a companion. It's hard to say. I'm not sure I agree completely. I. I because it's third in this flight, it, it needs some help. Um, I think if it was first in the flight, we'd have a different opinion. Maybe. I, I Sometimes I think that the the uh, previous two beers that had such big flavors need a companion to cleanse the palate somewhat. I See, I disagree because I think that when, when they have such great flavors, this is one of the reasons why I don't like putting beer in food very much. Because when, they, when the beer has such great expressive flavor, I don't like to, to waste it. In food, where some of the flavors either get burned off mm-hmm. or or get combined with things that are not not quite there, right? You know, but this would be a beer I wouldn't be afraid so much to use in food because it's relatively straightforward. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's got a good flavor to it, but I'm not getting you know I'm not getting thrown into different areas. I'm not getting get much of a story. I'm getting more of a kind of this is this is a this is the palette. This is the color we're drawing, and it's just a, a relatively simple color. Maybe some extra colors in the fringe, but not a huge, not a painting. Yeah, I think flight's a problem, really. I mean, because I'm trying to trying not to color, you know, bias my opinion from that. So I'm digging in deeper, and you know, I'm digging it. This is a nice Belgian dough. I mean, that's a nice sweet or not sweet. How do I want to describe this other than nice? Because I said nice already. Um, Would you call it auto magic? Auto magical? No, I wouldn't call it auto magical. <laughs> Free show. Yes. Call back. I am digging it. Uh, it's not as big as the last two beers, and we should have drank it first if we knew ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, I think it stands on its own legs. I'm not saying it needs help from food or anything. I think it would go great can... with uh, with a big buttery cheese. I think that something along the lines of brie or a triple cram... Would really, mm-hmm. uh, it would really be able to sink its teeth into that and add some, you know, complex flavors. Um, other than that, obviously a burger would be great with this. Sure. Yep. If you take it into the dessert realm, it would go well with bread pudding. Anything chocolatey. Anything. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, maybe even just some some Belgian chocolates yeah. to go with it. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly which kind or what, but I think you. I bet you the chocolate would really pull out some of those darker tones Absolutely, out of the beer. Yeah. But notice we didn't talk about food with the other two, and we are about this one. But then again, I brought it up. So. You did bring it up. I was thinking about food for the Brother Thelonious, and I really didn't have anything that was screaming at me like must pair. What we, I would have thought with the Brother Thelonious is maybe like pineapple, maybe something to kind of give it a, a, a not not so much a companion, but almost a... Right. A, a, like, you know, a, think, think like... Grilled pineapple with like you know caramelized right. you know, crust type thing you know. But even even just the the contrast would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Grapes might have been interesting with it too. Um, yeah, I think the contrast would have been great with the Bellatonius. Whereas this, I'm thinking more uh, compliment. Compliment, yeah. yeah. And uh, the delirium would have been a great dessert pairing beer because that sweetness would have just helped. You know, you could pair that with. How about Vanilla ice cream? Uh, how about something like uh, a cannoli or a lady lock or something like that? That would that would have probably worked well, yeah. Because then you'd even probably get like some licorice flavors mm-hmm. and stuff off of that too. Yeah, some anise type stuff. All right, so our last uh, dark Belgian of the night is the Westmall Trappist Ale Double. Double. Made by monks. Huh. Huh. The page I got is all in... Uh, I, I got the English version of the page, but it's still all Belgian. This one's uh, uh, Best Buy, uh, June 30th, 2013. 7% alcohol by volume. And... Yeah. That's kind of it that if I can If you want tell. more info... 
tune back to episode 200 where we probably said the exact same thing. <laughs> I can't remember if this was on the main lineup or if this was bonus. I think it was on the main lineup. That's uh, interesting. It's product of Belgium, Trappist Monastery of Westmall. It's in Mall, Belgium. It's imported by Merchant Duvin, who is out in Washington. Uh, I thought they were in Seattle, but their address here is Tukwila, Washington. Look at the head. There's this big, thick head with lots of these big old bubbles. Uh, the color is another... Um, this, this one is closer, is, is more brownish than, than red. It's gone, it's gone over that threshold. The aroma has a cinnamon, sugary quality, a... a, a, a uh, what's, what's that cinnamon toasty kind of okay. aroma I, I have something in mind but I don't want to uh, color Greg's opinion right away so I'm going to let him so think about like cinnamon time. toast crunch then that with vodka poured on top of it I have a perception and it's prejudiced by the last time we had this beer and I don't want to uh, prejudice Greg so I want to I want him to taste it and talk before okay, I say anything okay. I'm trying to get first of all any other aromas I can get before I taste it. And it's just, it's it's sweet. Um, like I said, cinnamon. That's what I'm getting mostly. Speaking, so. you were talking about pineapples in the previous one. One of the aromas. Ooh, pineapples. One of the aromas I'm talking about, uh, I'm, I'm smelling, is pineapple, but freshly baked pineapple upside down cake. Okay, okay. Sure. So you get that caramelization, right. you get all that cake in there. You get the, you get the, the, the cherry flour, in the, the center the, of the, the pineapple. The the cherry, right. The maraschino cherry in there. Now that pineapple's in my mind, it's all I'm tasting. <laughs> Is it? it I, well, it's not... Go ahead. I'll finish what you're saying first. I'm, I just, I'm getting a lot of, of, of this, of, of juiciness. And I think you know that plus a a slight I would almost say even hoppy uh, you know a hoppy component here is mm-hmm. giving the, this this you know citrusy pineapple even though okay. pineapple's not a citrus but is giving this this deep. When we drank this taste. on the two hundredth show, you might or might not remember this thing tasted like a hop bomb after all the other beers we drank. It tasted so hoppy. We uh-huh. couldn't believe it. it. Yeah. We could really pull out the continental hops really spicy. Now I can remember that. Actually, yeah. tonight is different for me. The aroma, I think I'm getting a little aggressive. I, I wouldn't even call it, like, the other, last time, I would say continental. Saz, Hallertau, you know, something like that. This time, I would say it almost has, it reminds me more of an American hop. The aroma, I'm getting something that's a little, a little, um... Little oh, sulfury is not really the right word. Um, cap is not the right word either, but something aggressive that's in that ballpark in the aroma on the hops. You it's know, not Simcoe, but you know, it may be kind of a nuggetish. Let's say they don't use that hop. They, the, of course the, they don't. Right, there's no right, way they right. use that. Yeah, so but something like that in the they aroma. They use a continental hop. There's there's no way yeah, to use an American yeah. hop. The the aroma was aggressive like that, and then I got that pineapple upside down cake. And then on the flavor. It doesn't taste like the hop bomb that I remember from a couple weeks ago. I'm tasting the hops. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, I mean, I point out the hops before you even mention it. Yeah, it's it's and like okay. Said, so it, my next sip, my second sip, I'm getting more continental. Uh, it reminds me of the the Sam Adams um, uh, uh, no, noble pills, the noble pills they put out in the spring. That's that's what the hop reminds me of. The hop flavor, not not the whole beer. I'm kind of I'm kind of tossing my head around, going. I don't know, but then again, it's been a while since I had Noble Pills, so I don't know either. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember that one, trying to bring up my sense memory of that, and it's not which coming. Which, if I remember right, it's a Hallertau, which would make sense for a, yeah. a Abbey, a Belgian yeah. brewery using Hallertau. That that would make sense, it, but it's not coming so easily there. Man. The, the it's still impressive and still a little shocking how hoppy a Belgian double is. I just got this Belgian double. I just got a a, a remembrance because I was thinking of of. Because of the back taste, which is a there's, there's a big hoppy aftertaste here, and the mm-hmm. and the, the hoppy aftertaste does taste like something which I am vaguely uh, 
recalling the noble pills taste like. So yeah, the, the aftertaste does taste similar. So Hillertown, that would be a, 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 a probably good call. Good call. Right for now. everyone listening, this is old news, but for Greg, it's still breaking. More, there's a few more Joe Paterno's dead emails in Google News, but um, I wouldn't call it confirmed just yet. It could still be a Facebook hoax. But it, there's a few more sites picking up the story. Yeah, the news just keeps saying serious condition. There's a, there's probably a five or six posts that he says he's dead now. But like of... the Star Ledger says he's dead. The mm-hmm. um, but it, but then we get this seven minutes ago from Nola reports of Joe Paterno's death refuted by family. Oh, I didn't see that one yet. That's in the Google oh, there it is. I got it. Got it. The Times Picayune, where your sister used to work. Yes, now she works at the Boston Globe. Yeah, this is this beer is. I, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Do a search for Joanna Weiss on Google. You'll be able to read her columns. I'm sorry, what's that? Joanna oh, Weiss. Oh, you're on talking Google. to the listeners. I think yes. you're talking to me. Oh, gotcha. Um, I am intrigued by this beer. For the second time in three shows, it doesn't taste like your average Belgian double. No, no. It tastes like this American hybrid of. American pale double type thing. It's right? surprising it's, because we had an American beer and it was nowhere near as obvious. But I mean, okay, so um, Saranac sent us that um, IPA, the white IPA. So it's a, it's a, it's either a. Which I have not tried, which I may force you to bring out in the post show. So it is, um, I'm not sure if it's an American wheat with an IPA, like Gumblehead, but I think it is. I think it might be a wit beer IPA. Huh. I'm not sure if it's spice with coriander, but we have to look at the the, the marketing sheet. Um, but you know, this if a bre- if an American brewer tried to do a Belgian double slash IPA with Hallertau, I think it would taste a lot. But I don't like, think they would. That's the thing. They probably they would use Cascade or they'd use. But if they use Hallertau, I I am just still I'm stunned at how hoppy. A Trappist beer yeah. double is. Yeah. And the best buy date on this is uh, June 30th, 2013. So a year and a half away. Um, what does that mean exactly? Probably means the beer is pretty young. Yeah. Well, mm. probably a two year. Maybe it's maybe six months old. If it, if it's, But I can't imagine it's six months old and still this hoppy. It's... It, American brewers should do Belgian doubles with hops, and they should use American hops, and they should use Continental hops, because I would love to see one of those Latitude 48 deconstructed packs right. that use that do this beer with Hallertau and Zeus and Simcoe and Amarillo and Cascade. Well, I mean, the interesting thing about the Latitude 48 was, you know, we praise it to high heaven, and we should, because it was great, but then again, what was Sam even better about it was is the only one who could afford to do that. Right. What was best about it was... Not every beer was the same. Well, no, not every beer was really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of them were not great formulations, but they did it because they could. Yeah. And I'm sure if we, you know, we talked to Jim about it or the brewer or someone, they would say, yeah, we would never make the Zeus version and sell that alone. Well, listen to uh, the Savior interviews. I did an interview with Jim and uh, I think so, didn't I? I don't remember. I think but I, you know you I talked to just him about by it. Tasting, I know I talked to him just about by it. tasting the Zeus one you they would never sell or or was it the Magnum one they would never sell that alone Yeah 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 but because they were doing the, they they stuck to the whole deconstructed thing they put out some really interesting beers I mean it's clearly for beer geeks it was not for the general public but the general public's not going to buy that Yeah it was it was awesome that they did that yeah. I hope I I uh, I saw some press releases they're putting out so, like, last year, they did the Coastal Wheat and the Noble Pills in the spring. They're doing new seasonal beers this year. Sam Adams. I mean, I did you see that, that brouhaha on Beer Advocate? It was like someone started a thread. No, I don't read Beer Advocate. Well, no, it was a brouhaha elsewhere. Someone started a thread about most overrated breweries, right? And this thing got... Everyone was vomiting up whatever brewery they thought was overrated. And Dogfish was in there a lot. And, but everyone got shot on. Um, Sam Calagione wrote, you know, a rebuttal, uh-huh. and everyone's like, "I'm Sam," and that's you know, that's. But uh, you know, what would you call your most overrated brewery? I will, no, I'm not going to go down to that level. I will, but I've already said it before, so I'm not really. 
doing anything that I've well, said I think, before. I have a guess what you're going to say. You're wrong, probably. Okay. Rogue. No, that's what I thought you were going to say. Okay, all right, yeah. People were pooping on Rogue. They say they're too expensive for the quality and whatnot. I, 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 I like I said, I think Rogue is always makes good beer, but they don't make great beer. That, yeah, that, that's kind of something. I... It's personal preference. I I don't want to go down to that game. I I'm not, and I'm not taking the high and mighty road just to be high and mighty. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I want to say. Anyway, back to the point. Oh, people are pooping on Sam Adams, right? And they're like, oh, everything Sam Adams makes is good, but not great. I will have to take I disagree. A, I will have to take a quote from Lou Bryson. Shut up until you've done it blind. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I disagree. First of all, Sam Adams does so much. Second of all, there are some there are some fantastic reasons for beer items. And third of all, I mean, we had um, even even if you don't include this, the, the, these utopias were were amazing. That was just an oh. amazing. Well, certainly, but I mean, that's not fair. Not everyone's going yeah. to drop the money for utopias. Yeah. Here, let me tell Boston Beer Company how old I am. Stupid age verification. <laughs> the bigger they are, the more they have to do that. Okay, so yeah, they have a new spring beer called Alpine Spring. And this is... Let me learn more. Clickety-click. I need to really have a setup so I can read my screen and talk into the microphone at the same time. Uh, did many trips to Germany. It's a Hellas. Hellas, huh. um, traditional spring bock, unfiltered, appearance of a Keller beer. The beer is brewed with noble like tetanang and a unique bright orange citrusy aroma and flavor. But, you know, this is new this year. And last year, the, uh, I guess it wasn't Coastal Wheat. I thought that was a spring one. But the noble, whatever the spring beer was, was new last year. Uh-huh. So, like, they're putting out new beers, four new beers a year. I mean, how, and that's, and Im- this stuff from Sam Adams spreads; it gets everywhere. It's so impressive, yeah. and I don't know how anyone can can poop. I mean, unless you just don't like the brewery taste. Right? I mean, there yeah. was a long time I didn't like the Sam Adams brewery taste, but that was before they started doing all this amazing shit, and before my palate had expanded to like you know just about any style of beer. But I mean, if you look at their seasonal beers, they have. I'm going to run through the list real fast: Alpine Spring. Black and Brew Coffee Stout, which was a really one of the best coffee stouts I've had in a long time. I haven't had that one. So it's really good. You, you should probably go look for it right away because it's going to be at the, it's at the end of the run for sure. Uh, Bonfire Rouse Beer. That one was really smoky. Really, really yeah, smoky. It was. It was. I, I didn't love that one. Um, chocolate Bock. And we did the Vixen. Um, you and I when we yeah. were at Three Sons, which was their chocolate chili Bock. Which was good. It, it was, you know, it had that. It had a hint of chili without being overbearing. One of their classics is their. Is cream- better than Rogue Chipotle. Yeah. Uh, no, not for me. I think it was because of the way that the 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 chili was was hidden and yet present. Mm. Whereas Chipotle was kind of, it's kind of, you know, no, Chipotle is great. Uh, right, not for me. I like Rogue but, Chipotle. I thought um, the Vixen was better. One of their classics, Cranberry Lambic, which they've been doing since like '97 yeah. or something. They've been doing it forever. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's Dunkelweiss, uh, East West Kosh, uh, Harvest Pumpkin Ale, Holiday Porter, Mighty Oak Ale, which I don't know anything about. I need to look into that. Oktoberfest, Old Fezziwig, the Rustic Saison, which and their Oktoberfest has been it, it's been great and it's been okay. It goes back and forth, but I, uh, I, I like they. I, I think it. I said this on the show where um, this past fall, I was not in an Oktoberfest state of mind, and I really didn't love any uh. Oktoberfest I had. Uh, I was actually getting back, and I'm still kind of in it. I was actually getting back on a hop kick. I, you know, it's been a long time since I was in an IPA kick. I think it was the Polliner that was fantastic, but one of those when Oktoberfest were hitting their stride. I was on an IPA kick, Man. and it was a long. Well, don't don't roll your no, eyes I'm because saying, I'm not, it was I'm not, a long time since I'm, I've been an IPA. I'm not kick. rolling my eyes. What I'm saying is, yeah, that happens. I'm, yeah. I'm giving you that. You know, okay. like yeah, I know, I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. I've been on that. Okay, uh, old Fezziwig, rustic saison, summer ale, uh, white ale, winter lager. So some of the beers that aren't even on the seasonal list, and maybe they're in this other collections. They don't have the uh, the um, coastal uh, coastal wheat. They don't have the noble pills. 
So they're they're like doing stuff on like a maybe a biannual cadence yeah. or something. No, but Pils is a fantastic beer too. Oh, I, I mean, love it. yeah, I, I'll buy a case anytime it's out. They might be doing some of these beers on biannual cadence, which is um, which is interesting. It keeps the beer rare. I mean, I want to use the word rare because oh that that is my gripe is about you know can you taste the rare oh, yeah, yeah, in this God. beer? Yeah, like um, so in Pittsburgh there's a chain re- chain of restaurants called Mad Max, and we've talked about it a lot. Uh, down at Mad Max Oakland this week, they had a keg of Kentucky, uh, Canadian breakfast out from Founders. Yeah, I saw your Twitter about $10 this. cover charge to get into the bar to have the privilege to taste Canadian breakfast out. So you have to pay $10, then you have to pay for the Canadian breakfast out. Yes. As you would say. Yes, yes. Um, can you taste the rare? <laughs> Canadian breakfast yeah, out. I'd put a middle finger to the rare. Oh, I, oh, I, was, I was livid. Charging a cover charge to have the privilege to to get beer from a sixthal. I heard it heard it second maybe third hand. It was uh from I don't think you've ever had a Canadian breakfast out. But I'm not I'm sure not who it was. It was one of Damien's friends that told him about it, and Damien told me about it. I'm not sure. Uh, it might have been his friend who worked used to work for Miller Coors or works for Miller Coors. I don't know, but anyway. Uh, d- 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 back to Sam Adams. They still have their Imperial Series Barrel Room Collection. And if you can get your hands on Utopias, do it. Would you pay do full it. price? Would you pay full price for a bottle? Yeah, I would. I, I think it. You still have to be in the right state of mind. You have to have an event or something. I mean, look at how long we've kept it. Well, that's my superpower. That is your. That is part of you know. It is your superpowers. It's been kept at Jeff's. So <laughs> if it were kept at my house, it would be gone. But in terms of of the flavor you get from it, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Cook talked about how it was like a really expensive brandy, but half the price. Yeah, I mean, it's not cheap. It's you know, I think retail price on the shelves for the new version of Topias, you're looking at like one fifty for a twelve ounce bottle. Yeah. And we got ours free. I guess that's full disclosure. Yes, we yes. got it uh, for the. If you don't remember the story, I guess I'll cover it real fast because some people might not remember. Um, marketing company for Boston Beer hit us up, and it was just before Allison was born, and they wanted us to, to interview Jim. And I, I said, "Yeah, we'd love to interview Jim." And I sent back, you know, at the end of the email, tongue in cheek, half joking. You know, if you have any utopias laying around, it would be the perfect thing to toast the birth of my firstborn child. Right. And like an hour later, I got an email back. It's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been more awesome is if you lied. <laughs> <laughs> and go back and listen to the Allison Bear show. Uh, that was yeah. That was pretty cool. That was one of the best moments. Well. Having the child, but but you know sharing it with Greg and and you was uh, was pretty yeah. wild too. Uh, I still don't know very many people that have cracked open you know beers in the recovery room. <laughs> that was funny. I've been there for both of your for both of your births. Yep. Yeah, Max's. We were uh, a little more celebratory and a little less uh, um, journalistic and you know doing the podcast. Definitely. All right, let's go to our final beer, which is not a dark Belgian, but it is a Belgian of, well, maybe French. Because it's Lavery's Leopard or, yeah, or Farmhouse. Yeah, it's, it's a Saison. It's a Leopard O-I-R. Or. Now, we tasted, remember from her, uh, my birthday, Heather got me the, um, what was that called, Devil Bird or whatever? Was yeah. That oak-aged... Um, Porter from from Lavery. Lavery is a new brewery in Erie, Pennsylvania, up by the lake. And uh, after we were talking about that, I got a Facebook comment from Jason at Lavery. Oh, cool! And uh, he uh, talked about the uh, the Oak Age and how you know their new brewery they don't didn't have complete consistency in in the. Uh, I think I liked how the Oak was was. Was done in that. They right? said they said some beers, some of the uh, the Devil Birds were more boozy than others. Some had more oak appearance. And it just wasn't very consistent. Yeah, I think I liked the the way it was this, the, the dark kind of roasty flavor without having. It was a uh, it was like a one and a half liter swing top. So not only did we drink it on the show, but I had it on like three different occasions afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was definitely an, a nice uh, 
way to taste it again and again and again. And in the Facebook comment, Jason mentioned to try this. He He's proud of this one. Um, beer has a, a little bit of age on it. Um, he says, if you can still find this. And I was down at, uh, at the time I was down at Bucktown with Lou Bryson. Bucktown uh, had this in the in the cooler. So I picked it up. This is their spring seasonal. It is made with Belgian Pilsner, German Pilsner, Vienna, rye, oats, and wheat and corn malt. So it's got a whole yes, don't variety of malt. It's bottle conditioned with Brettanomyces. 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 Eh, whatever. It is hot with... <laughs> now, he I normally wouldn't say whatever, but... He mentioned lively. Let's see. Yes. Does it gush? Does it gush? It, it, sort of. No, it, it wants to gush, but it doesn't gush. So he'll be happy to hear that. It's, Actually, if we get enough time, it's still growing. It's not one that's going to like spill all over the. Uh, I think the surface tension will make it so it won't gush. I think it's going to. I think it's going to dribble down the side. Let's see here. We're okay, giving it so. It's hot with to the rim. Let me complete the explanation okay. while you while we wait. It's hot with uh, Golding and Cascades. It's four point eight percent alcohol by volumes and thirty IBUs. Uh, bottle condition with Bremenaisies Clausenel, which is wild yeast and. Named Leopard or Irish for Gold Leopard. And what we're seeing is kind of like, you know, those little fireworks things that you get sort of that are just, that they're, they aren't really fireworks, but they're just, they make this big thing of carbon that comes mm-hmm. up. Right. It's, yeah. So the head. It's a snake. The, the gusher is uh, almost, uh, let's say, five eighths of an inch above the rim of the gla- of the bottle, but it hasn't. It, it's kind of just. It's going to fall over though. At this, at this starting point, starting to fall over. Yeah, it it's got it will it should fall over because yep, it's going to. But it's just a little bit of the head. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's lively. He told me to uh, pour it into the glasses really cold, but I really didn't want to do that because I don't want to drink it really cold. Yeah. So there it goes. It should be falling over by now. I can't see it because it's, it's not running down the side yet, though. No, it's not. It's, so this isn't bad. We're yeah. not poor now. We're tired of waiting. All right. So the gold lepers appears on on the Laverley family crest. That's why it's called gold leopard. Yeah, and one of the questions I asked Jason was, "Is it Lavery Lavery?" But no, it's Lavery Lavery Brewing, Erie, Pennsylvania. I still don't have info on like how big the brewery is, how many people work there. Like I don't know if Jason is like the guy or if he's the marketing guy or Shh. what. Can you hear that? I can hear it now that I put my yeah. microphone in the glass. So you can really hear the uh the very fizzy nature Ooh. of this. It's it, it smells great. It has a, it, it's a cornish uh yellow color. Yeah, it pours a, um, looks like a wheat beer. You know, it's cloudy, tons of, tons of bubbles coming off the bottom of the glass. Good thing we didn't use ones with nucleation, you know, points like the Chimay glass, because it would just, Uh, it is a lively beer. Aroma, you can definitely tell there's a Brett in there. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it reminds me of, um, like hay or straw, but with a little tang to it. Lemongrass. It's got lemongrass and... It's not funky. It's not leathery. It's not sour. It's just a little lemony. There, there's a there's an aroma there which we are used to, which my, people might call funky, but it's a bread aroma. And but mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not really funky. But there, there's a breadness to it. Yeah, it's it's more of a lemony, um, maybe a little bit of sour patch kid or something, just a touch citric and, acid. And you know what? A little bit of cream, J- just just a touch of of kind of a cream aroma, and and that's not. Uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just what what the yeast mm-hmm. imparts into it, right? When uh, you know, we were talking about the same as cranberry alambic earlier. That beer has a cream character that I I, I mm. always think of, and sometimes it's like, I mean, if you had to ask me, you know, what beer reminds you of milk? <laughs> I, I would have to say the Sam Adams cranberry alambic. What, not bilk. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's been a while milk. since we've had bilk. Milk. 
search search our website if you want to have we actually drank the uh japanese beer oh that was wonderful because we, we read book. about it we read a news story about it and we were like we were amazed and then i went to japan and i found bilk and i was like yes we get to drink bilk jeff still has it yeah i got i have a small little collection of the awesomest bottles that we've like yeah. done on the show and bilk bilk is in the <laughs> awesomest bottles bilk Very lively beer. Tons of carbonation. Now, in the flavor, the cream part comes through a little bit more. It does have kind of a whipped cream type character. Not like milk. It's more like a whipped cream to me. Only in the sense that it's got kind of a, a thicky, a thickish mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like cream. It doesn't... Well, you know what? Actually, at, at the very end, bit. I'm getting a bit of the cream now that, now, yeah, now that I'm... The, the 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 aftertaste had a, a bit of kind of a filmy mm-hmm. character. There's like an orange zest flavor in this thing. Right, right. So because that filmy character is, is not the cleanest Saison I've ever had. Actually, you know, there's a lot of orange going on because there's, in the flavor there's some zest, but in the aroma it, it's not too unlike orange pith. Right, there, there's pepperiness with this. There, there's a, a little bit of, of a corianderness. uh and and some black pepper. This is a pretty good funky beer for a new brewery. It's yeah, it it's pretty good. I wouldn't call it. I'm like a great saison because there, there are other saisons I've had that which have had more character. I don't know if it if it's a breaded bottle conditioned beer. I'm not sure if I'd really try to compare it to a lot of saisons. Well, I'm going to. Well, you can, but. <laughs> It's a completely different kind of um, character, you know, where Saison's going to be a lot more crisp and spicy and peppery. This thing has, you know, that, that Brett doing all kinds of different things to it. Yes, it does have the Brett, which, but, but I think the Brett may be a net negative for the beer. I, I think the beer is very good, but I think the Brett may actually... Uh, add some components to the beer which aren't necessary because I think there's enough in there that it probably would do fine without the bread. It's not sour; it doesn't have that. Um, but that that creaminess that you said, the, the, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of coating the tongue. Um, it, I, I think you know it might have been better w- with with more of the of the weedy, grassy notes there, stronger. In for my for my taste buds. What's the, what's the alcohol in this thing? Is four you know? point something percent. Four point um, four point eight. So okay. so that's not bad at all. No, it must be it's just roughly. It, it must just be the flight of the show because I just took a sip and felt a um, something wave like, wave yeah wave of something like saying either this is a big beer or just cumulatively. You know, These have been very big beers. I, for I the just, most part. I, I just leveled up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the next level of, in, of, of intoxication. <laughs> it's weird, you know. Like every once in a while, you feel that like step, right? Yeah. And I just hit that. Yeah, I definitely leveled up to the next, <laughs> next whatever. And don't get me wrong, I like the beer a lot, but there are other saisons that I would say have um, are eclipsing it, and I think that the Brett. I think without the Brett, it might actually, uh, it, it, it might be a little dirtier, but it might, but the the dirty, grassy character might actually help the beer out a bit. I don't even know what the brewery's lineup's like, so I'm going to try to find it here. Yeah, well, here, I'll tell you what, what what's on their, their beers page. They have an Imperial French Ale, which is a summer seasonal. That's interesting. Uh, they have a uh, Black Ale Smoked Porter, uh, their fall winter seasonal, a pumpkin ale. Every beer is required to have a pumpkin ale now. Uh, Imperial Red Ale. Wonder how what that's like. A uh, rye stout, which is their winter seasonal. That might be really interesting. These, this is their. That's their beer lineup. They say. And the Devil Bird Holiday. Mm-hmm. Stingy Jack Pumpkin Ale. I'm kind of curious about this. Uh, about this winter seasonal, the rye stout, eighteen set forty seven rye stout. That's cool. 
Oh, oh, Jason did mention where they're available. They're um, kind of cherry-picking markets. So they're in Erie, Pittsburgh, Philly. And if you're not in the city, you know, if you're not in Pittsburgh or Philly, then, you know, you need to be in the northwestern corner, you know, out near Erie to get, you know, yeah. get them. So they're organically growing up there, but they're also cherry-picking the bigger markets in the state. Not a bottle or keg has left the building that we haven't filled, capped, labeled, or packaged personally. Well, that's nice. If you're in, if you're, <laughs> I like on their about us right here. It's like, by the way, we're pronounced Lavery, not Lavery. Uh, <laughs> or wait, no, we're pronounced Lavery, not Lavery. Got it backwards. You know, I if I would have went to his face or went to his website, I wouldn't have had to ask Jason personally how to pronounce the brewery name. <laughs> Sorry about that. Who wants to read anyway? Imperial French, huh? That that's the one that has me most uh, curious right now. Eleven point five percent on that one. Wow. So that's like a, a bearded guard, maybe. That's like I don't know a double saison. That's that's a bearded guard. Oh, a, is that they call it? A holy? Yeah. They can say holy triple. They say it's holy the, triple question mark imperial saison question mark one misbehaving ale. Okay, I'd love to give it a shot. See if we find it summer. So I mean, I like it, and you know, if I, I'd go for more, definitely. But there are other saisons I like better. Ranking time. Oh, here's a little bit more information about Lavery before we rank. Um, Lavery Brewing Company was founded in 2009 by husband and wife Jason and Nicole Lavery. Jason Lynch joined the Quest in 2010 to build. Our own ten barrel production brewery. Born and raised around Erie, Pennsylvania. About it. Marketing speaking a little yeah. bit after that. But you know, we still bought the beer. This wasn't Oh yeah, free. yeah. Yeah. I mean I, we know he's listening, but we're not gonna let that color our opinion. As much. So <laughs> let's see. Hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah, there's there's like so many different things to contend with tonight. It's like because none of the beers were similar. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a it, it it's tough because they were all good. They had their different dimensions to them. They were all kind of slightly different too, mm-hmm. which gave them some really interesting qualities and and made them easy to differentiate. And easy to remember which ones were which, but hard to how, judge. How you know it's it's hard to figure out which characters you want to rate above other characters because right. they were all distinct beers. It's not like you're comparing two Belgian doubles together because I would say we only had one true Belgian double tonight, even though only one is labeled double and one's labeled Abby Brown. Um All right, you so, have an idea, right? So I still need to work yeah. on mine. So my number one, should I go last? I always go first to last. Should I go last to first? I, I first don't last? think it matters which way we go. All right. My um, first beer, Brother Thelonious, I think. Uh, I just, I, I liked the the big, deep, uh, sweet, mm-hmm. uh, fruity flavors that came from it. And I think it re- it set off the night really well. It, 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 it started in such a beautiful way a beautiful bouquet of, of interesting flavors so i'm gonna go with the felonious number one my number two uh you know what i'm gonna go with the hoppy belgian there was just something about the west mall that gave it some some ec- an extra kick and like i said i wasn't rolling my eyes at jeff when he did when he talked about how he's into ipas again he was into hoppies again i was saying hmm i kind of i know where that's coming from because i have that you know sometimes too where it's like you know i want some hoppy this was it, it was a great kind of hoppy oasis in a in a big malty sea mm-hmm. uh my third is going to be the nocturnum with a somewhat of a caveat that i think it might feel kind of uh less than great if you don't have it right after something like Brother Thelonious. I think the flight really, really helped this beer a lot. Helped point out the the intricacies of the beer. 
Uh, my fourth will be the the Leopard or the Saison. Uh, I wish I I, I want to try it without the Bretomoniases. Let me put it that way. I think it might. Uh, I think that uh, it might have some really interesting character without the Bret. And my fifth will be the Cors and Dong. Not because it's bad, simply because it was kind of uh, the the notes were were more muted. It was it was more of a one note type beer. Sure. So let me start by saying I enjoyed all five beers. Very tight ranking. There's no, there's no losers. I'm not even saying there's a hard luck loser. I'm putting them all very close together. Sure. Uh, you mentioned I'm I was on an IPA kick back in the fall. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I still am on an IPA kick because mm-hmm. I that West Mall. How we talked about if you're a crazy American brewer that wants to do an India Pale Belgian Double, you know, with continental hops, you don't have to because it's already been done. <laughs> I really love the spiciness of the hops with the Belgian mm-hmm. Double. That works for me so well right now, just the mindset I'm in. Number two, I'm going to put the Nocturnum. And and really, it's the best delirium beer I've ever had. Flight must have, that the Brother Thelonious must have, you know, really kicked it up a notch and really made it taste great because I've never thought so highly of Nocturnum as I have right now. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the Saison, the Britannomyces, um bottle-conditioned... Um, beer from Lavery. I really dug it. Uh, four, I'm going to put the uh, Corson Dunk. It, maybe there are hard luck losers. Maybe the last two are both because the Corson Dunk I thought was a great, subtle Belgian double. I think it suffered from our flight order if we had him first. I think I would have appreciated it a lot more, but I, I didn't. I liked it. And then the, um, I'm going to put Greg's number one beer last, the Brothers Thelonious. I liked it. Um, out of the characteristics, that the fruitiness of it, you know, was less appealing than the character of the other beers tonight for for me. So I just kind of throw it in the back. Well, all but right. I liked it. That's it. That's it. It's kind of a long show. Well, you know, it wasn't long until we started to talk. Well, <laughs> but maybe, that happens. Maybe next time we well, shouldn't talk. Yeah, let's not talk. Let's do a podcast without talking. Could use thumbs uh, up and thumbs down gestures, for a little bit. Yeah, gestures. exactly. That'll work. All right, we'll talk to you guys. How, how are you at American Sign Language? Um, I I I know what fuck you is. <laughs> hey, main show, my friend. We're not on the post show yet. Oh, now we're gonna put an explicit tag on there. Thanks a lot, Greg. More work for me. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can't hear